superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan Warmly, joined today by Derek Brown, D-Bro. We have a great guest today. It's Heath Cummings of CBS Sports. And guys, I'm not even going to do a whole lot of preamble. I will quickly thank Heath for coming on today's show. Again, it's a really busy time of year. I've been saying it all week. It's also a really fun time of year, but it is busy nonetheless. We have a very packed episode, so we are actually going to jump right in here. We are going through round by round and asking who should I draft with a couple of guys. This is based off the half half PPR ADP that you can find on the Fantasy Pros website as far as what round these guys are in. So you may see it a little differently in your drafts, but roughly where these guys are going, we're going head to head through as many rounds as we can get through. And guys, we are going to jump right in with round number one. And it's the two guys that are going first and second in most drafts. That's Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. So I'm going to hear from both of you guys on who you would take of the two. And then I'm going to use our Who Should I Draft tool from the Fantasy Pros site and say what the experts are saying and how many percentage you know are going on each side. But Heath, you are our guest, so I will start with you. Justin Jefferson versus Jamar Chase, who are you drafting? You know, I told you before the show, like there are going to be some of these I'm very passionate about which answer I'm going to give. There are going to be some where I'm just kind of shrugging. I have moved Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase back and forth multiple times over the summer. As of right now, I have it to where in full PPR, I would go with Jefferson, but in half or non-PPR, I am actually taking Jamar Chase. I do think the quarterback security of Chase, the fact that Jordan Addison's been added, now maybe their target competition is relatively similar. And the fact that we're probably going to see Joe Burrow throw eight to 10 more touchdown passes than Kirk Cousins does this year. I think Chase has more upside, and so I'll lean slightly to him. But again, I do full projections. And over the full 17-game projection, I have them separated by three-quarters of a fantasy point. Quick, Quickly before we go to Debra, Heath, are these your one and two picks? Like, no running backs should be going ahead of these guys? These are my one and two picks in, in both half and full PR, yes. All right, Debra, are you taking Jefferson? Or are you also on the Chase train? I'm on Chase Train. I've been there. Um, and again, this is one of those things you really can't get it wrong. But I think the separation that we saw between Jamar Chase and T. Higgins last year down the stretch is what pushes this over. As well as we want to talk about maybe higher passing rate, um, better quarterback play. And Jamar Chase, just to put this out there for everybody, when he came back, if he would have kept up the blistering pace that he had in the back half of last season, that man was on pace for 204 targets and 136 receptions. And if those sounds like astronomical numbers, yeah, they are. So um, he's my wide receiver one this year. So you guys both going against the grain because if you go into the Who Should I Draft tool, Justin Jefferson actually gets 89% of the experts that we have in our database are going with Jefferson. That probably sounds like it's more lopsided than it should be. I think pretty much everybody has these guys neck and neck, but most people are going on the Jefferson side. You guys are going against the grain and saying Jamar Chase, number one pick, although like Heath said, kind of can fluctuate depending on the day and, and has gone back and forth on it. Let's move to round two and a couple of other elite receivers we're going to ask about A.J. Brown and Devontae Adams. Debra, I'll start with you this time. For me, it's going to be A.J. Brown, and I'm just going to continue buying into the Philadelphia Eagles offense. I want no part of anything related to Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't trust the arm. I don't trust the two healthy feet, um, and I don't want to see what the Aiden O'Connell show looks like. So give me A.J. Brown slam dunk here. This one doesn't feel good because it's more fun to say the young guy. It's more fun to say the guy playing with Jalen Hurts. But I just have a hard time believing that quarterback matters for Devontae Adams. And we saw him average like 90 yards a game playing with Brett Hundley over a four-game stretch. We saw him at the end of last year in two games without Derek Carr, and he was spectacular in one of those. And you know what? Aiden O'Connell didn't look too bad in his first preseason game. So as long as Devontae Adams continues to perform like a wide receiver whose quarterback just does not matter, I'm going to believe he is a wide receiver whose quarterback just does not matter. Matter. I'll take Devonte Adams. They're both round two picks for me. It's not a big gap, but I'll lean Adams over Brown. Yeah, the gap is a lot closer here in the Who Should I Draft tool. It's A.J. Brown, 55%. Devontae Adams, 45%. I actually expected Adams to be higher. I th- I'm pretty sure I would personally lean with Heath on that one. I did expect it to be close, but I mean, just like the target share he's going to command is, is going to be excellent, as always. I, I would have to imagine 
Uh, before we move on to round three, I want to tell everybody about Draft Wizard. One key tool within Draft Wizard is our free mock draft simulator. That's at fantasypros.com slash simulator, which allows you to quickly own your strategy by performing realistic mock drafts in just minutes, not hours. If you want to know your league's unique trends, we have another tool for that. That's Draft Intel at fantasypros.com slash intel, which analyzes up to five years of draft data to help you predict your rival's moves. Draft Intel is like my favorite tool we've come up with in in recent years I think it's so cool to see what the guys that you've been in your long-term leagues do each year and to help you actually apply that to your drafts that's an awesome tool draft wizard has everything you need to dominate so draft your way to victory with draft wizard at fantasypros.com slash draft wizard or download the fantasy football draft wizard app I said draft wizard a lot in that read let's move to round number three we have Najee Harris versus Travis Etienne Heath we'll start with you I want to thank you so much for letting me give one of my favorite stats of all of 2023 by bringing up Najee Harris. By the way, I'm going to go with Travis Etienne. The reason, one of the reasons I'm going to go with Travis Etienne, (laughs) Najee Harris is the 10th running back since 1992 to have at least 500 touches the first two seasons of his career and average both below four yards per carry and below five yards per target. I'm going to give you the nine names of guys who did this before him. Cadillac Williams, Willis McGahee, Julius Jones, Anthony Thomas, Antoine Smith, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the football player, not the basketball player, Eric Rett, Natron Means, and Ronald Moore. Those nine backs combined for three top 20 seasons over the rest of their careers after year two. If you get as many touches as Najee Harris has had his first two years in the league and historically are as unproductive as he has been, you start losing touches. And we saw that towards the end of last year with Jalen Warren taking over pass catching downs. They may actually make Mike Tomlin do something that he hates to do, and that's share touches. I'm out on Najee Harris until round four. So are you are you in on ETN in round three, or is this just a fading Harris where he's going? I've gotten ETN at the end of round three in my rankings. Now, I think you guys know the way that works. Like, if you have somebody ranked 33rd in your rankings, you almost never draft him in round three because somebody you have ranked at 28 or 29 or 30 yeah. is still there. I think he's fine at the end of round three. I do think he's going to share a little bit with Tank Bigsby, but I'm not convinced that Tank Bigsby is going to have a bigger role than Jalen Warren. Yeah, that, that list you read is pretty uh, astonishing. That's a who's who of guys that make you say who? Uh, Debra, uh, are you taking ETN as well, or are you on the Najee train? No, I'm not taking ETN. I can't take ETN. No no offense to Heath, but I, for me with ETN, I think that Tank Bigsby is going to play a bigger role than people think this year. Um, because if we look at what ETN did last year, and me and Erickson have been duking it out on this, but I'm going to bring it up again. He is not going to get the, the pass game work. That didn't ha- happen last year, so I don't think that, like, Adding Calvin Ridley is going to change the fact that he got a 7.8% target share last year. He was also amongst 65 qualifying running backs, 56 or 57th, excuse me, and red zone touchdown conversion rate. We could say luck, offensive line, all those different things, but then they go out and they draft a third round hammer type of early down running back in Tank Bigsby. I think he is going to factor into the red zone. And while I'm not massively high on Najee Harris, I'm going to take him here because with the offensive line upgrade, I think he's going to give, be given the first crack to still be that type of 80% kind of guy. Now, does he hold that role? That is, that's a fine debate because I love Jalen Warren this year. People know my stance on Jalen Warren, but the offensive line upgrades, I don't want to sit here and bury this for Najee Harris because last year, amongst all running backs with at least 100 or more carries, he had the fourth lowest yards before contact per attempt. So, Bringing in, um, I'm, I'm spacing on the guy's name, the, the guard from um, Philadelphia, as well as drafting Broderick Jones. Those are going to be massive upgrades for Najee Harris. So I'll take him here. Yeah, I think these are two guys that I I wouldn't say I'm like fading, but I'm not taking either of them yeah. in a lot of round threes. I don't. The, think... the answer here is just draft wide receivers. In those <laughs> I, I was going to say that was like ninety percent argument against the other guy, yes, and ten percent exactly. both of us trying to find something nice to say about the guy we were yes. picking. I appreciate the effort for both of you. Uh, in the who should I draft? Well, Najee Harris, sixty four percent. Travis Etienne, thirty six percent. Before we get to the rest of the show, I want to take a quick second to talk to everyone about Fantrax. Guys, if you want customization in your fantasy platform, look no further than Fantrax, offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty, keeper, redraft, and best ball leagues. Their free NFL Fantasy Football League Manager is the most customizable, easy-to-use, feature-rich platform in the industry. They can easily import any current leagues you have on other platforms and begin customizing your settings 
games immediately. Personally, I use Fantrax for my college football fantasy league, my dynasty baseball fantasy league, and of course, my longtime dynasty NFL league made the switch as well. Whether it's Devi Leagues, IDP Leagues, Decimal Scoring, Tight End Premium, unique matchup settings like weekly doubleheaders, there's a reason why fantasy players who try Fantrax make it the permanent home for all their fantasy leagues, because they have it all. So switch your leagues today by heading to Fantrax.com slash FantasyPros. That's F-A-N-T-R-A-X dot com slash FantasyPros. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. Let's go to round four. Debo, we'll start with you here. Debo Samuel versus Amari Cooper. Oh, this is easy. Amari Cooper for me. I do not understand Debo Samuel's price point, like where he's going as a wide receiver too. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Like after CMC arrived, the wide back role for Debo is gone. He's a low A dot player. He's not getting deep targets and he's not getting red zone looks. Where are we going to get production from Debo Samuel in a run first offense? So while I am lower on the Cleveland Browns offense and Deshaun Watson than a lot of people, I'm still going to I'm still going to draft at least at this point Amari Cooper because of the volume and because we've seen what he can do with even replaceable level quarterback. Like Jacoby Brissett was not fantastic last year. Deshaun Watson can at least play to that level. I think Cooper's the winner here. Heath, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I'm not a big fan of the Browns offense either. I'm going to go with Debo. And I think like what happened to Debo after Christian McCaffrey showed up, and maybe this will continue, but it seemed a little bit unlucky to me is the touchdowns disappeared. But he was pretty clearly from week seven through 14, like not the guy who lost in terms of targets, seven, six, nine, mm-hmm. seven, ten, five. I, I think he's the number one guy in terms of targets. And he still saw three or four rush attempts per game. So I like that that magical 2021 season that we saw for DB, Debo Samuel. I, I don't think that's a possibility. Probably even if somebody gets hurt, it was outlandish efficiency. But it regressed too far last year. He was a little bit unlucky last year, so there's a bounce back there. I think he's the number one option in the passing game. I still think he sees a 25% target share in this offense. So I, I may not like him quite at ADP, but I do like him as a number two wide receiver. And Amari Cooper's more of a number three for me. I've really struggled with what to do with Deshaun Watson. Like, oh, because same. we've got this 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 history of him being an elite passer in the last six weeks of last season. He looked like somebody who didn't deserve to be starting. And so I may be taking a little bit too much from this recent athletic report that the passing game has been yeah. so bad at training camp. But if Deshaun Watson's not Deshaun Watson, if he's who we saw last year and Elijah Moore is going to take a more target share than Donovan Peoples-Jones did last year, I don't know how Cooper's number two. Well, I think it's not just the rust we saw last year in the reports, but like I think it is a reasonable concern that he might not be the best fit in a Kevin Stefanski offense. Like just Deshaun's style of play doesn't necessarily lend itself to be as efficient as you know you would expect a, a guy in a Stefanski offense. So uh, I I think there's concerns too. We talked a lot all the all off season on this show about like elite players don't forget how to be elite, but there's just so many red flags here with with Deshaun. Just mm-hmm. talk about the on-the-field stuff. Um, on the Who Should I Draft tool, it's Debo Samuel, 27%. Mari Cooper, 73 so heavily in favor of Cooper there. Let's go to round five. Heath, we'll start with you. Cam Akers versus Alexander Madison. I'm certainly going to lose this one on the tool because I know uh, I mean, the hating Alexander Madison is the most fun hobby of the industry right now. I see these guys both as kind of similar. Like They're both pretty much locked into most likely having a huge share of the team's touches. I have more concern that the Rams offensive line and offense is just going to be absolutely terrible. And so I will go with Alexander Madison. I expect he's going to see somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 to 20 touches per game. I think he's going to score a majority of their running back touchdowns. I think he's less of an injury concern than Cam Akers is. And there's less of a concern of that Vikings offense just completely falling apart. Whereas the Rams line might already be there and Stafford, who knows how many games he's got in him. Debra. I love that Heath and I are going toe to toe on these. I mean, this is this is what you want in draft season, the debate back and forth and taking opposite sides of the aisle and letting the listener figure out where they sit on this. Cause I'm going cam acres. I think Alexander Madison, if there's a wanted poster up there in draft rooms for the dead zone, running back dead zone, Alexander Madison's face should be plastered on it. I mean, basically what we're talking about here is a guy that is, it's really the opportunity that we want. It's not so much the player for me, because his yards after contact per attempt have dropped in every single season. His yards per route run have dipped in each of the last three seasons. In 74 carries last year, the man only managed one run of 15 or more yards. And I don't like I don't want to dismiss also the data point of Minnesota bringing in all these different backs. 
And maybe that's a slight to Ty Chandler, Kenny Nwangwu, or Dwayne McBride. But the other side is maybe that's a little bit lack of a confidence of Madison taking over this workhorse role. And I've seen it in spurts. We haven't seen it an entire season, but I've seen it in spurts longer than Alexander Madison of Cam Akers being an RB1. The guy was a top 10 back over the last half of last year. So improved offensive line uh, with guys coming back, Cooper Cup, Stafford, and, you know, my boy Puka Nakua scoring touchdowns on the weekly. <laughs> I, I think that this offense is going to sit here and be better than what people think in the sense of they're going to have to put up points because their defense is going to be absolutely dreadful. Uh, Heath, I hope you're sitting down for this. Alexander Madison actually won in the Who Should I Draft tool, 52% to 48% for Cam Akers. That is the closest one that we have on the entire docket today. So very close, basically a coin flip, but Madison does squeak it out just barely in the Who Should I Draft tool. Speaking of that tool, as you guys already know, today's show is powered by our Who Should I Draft tool at fantasypros.com slash draft. This is the perfect tool if you're stuck between players during your fantasy draft and need instant advice. You can compare up to four players at once and see who over 100 different experts would take. Use the Who Should I Draft tool at fantasypros.com slash draft to make the right pick and draft like a pro. Let's get to round number six here. Debro, Dallas Goddard versus Darren Waller moving into the tight ends. This this should not even be a conversation. Darren Waller, hands down. Uh, I hope that the tool agrees with me, but I just look at these guys. They're in absolutely totally different tiers. Dallas Goddard, in, in the offense that he's in, if A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith stay healthy, cannot even sniff close to the target share or raw target volume that Darren Waller can with the Giants this year. Last, but I mean, back half of last year, they were top 12 pace and passing rate team. I think that continues over to this year with more weapons. And Darren Waller is going to be the wide receiver one in New York this year. So, yes, Darren Waller all the way. Yeah, pretty emphatic by Debro there. Heath, do you agree? Or are you going to go against him? Well, I agree with one thing that I wouldn't have them in similar tiers. I think last year, Dallas Goddard was playing with A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts, and he was on pace for almost a thousand yards receiving despite an injury in the middle of the season. I, I think that what happened last year, we look at Goddard at around 12 fantasy points per game with just three touchdowns. If he had scored at the rate that he has for most of his career, then you're looking at a guy who gets close to a thousand yards and scores six touchdowns. And he's a, an easy top three tight end both last year and going into this year. I hate being against Waller because the story is so good. And at his peak, the talent was so good, but we're talking about a 31 year old. Well, next month, 31 year old tight end, who's missed 14 games over the last two seasons, who scored more than three touchdowns exactly once in his NFL career, going to play with a quarterback who almost never throws for more than 32. I don't think he's ever thrown for more than 3,200 yards and hasn't thrown for more than 15 passing touchdowns since his rookie year. I think the reason that people talk about Daniel Jones taking a step forward last year, that's because Brian Dable showed up and said, you know what, we're going to have you throw less than you ever had in your career. We're going to run more than you ever had in your career because Daniel Jones is better at running the ball than he is at throwing the ball. I do think Waller's probably the wide receiver one, but the last two seasons, the number one target earner for Daniel Jones has seen, seen 76 targets. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't say this just to sneak in that my birthday is coming up, but I, I actually turned 31 tomorrow. And the, the idea of trying to play NFL tight end, even outside of the fact that I don't have the athleticism for it, is just like I, I can't even wrap my head around, you know, such a violent I position mean, at, at this age. Worm, you're, you're kind of near the NFL. I mean, you've already got the plasma injections, things like that. Yeah, like I, your body's already like I'm falling apart even without. Two it is. I mean, it's just, uh, it's brutal. Uh, I actually, the, the point I really like that you made there, Heath, is that Goddard was good last year without the, those wide receivers getting hurt. I did a TikTok live with Andrew Erickson on the Fantasy Pros account yesterday. We talked a lot about tight ends, and he was saying, well, you know, imagine how good Goddard can be if one of A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith gets hurt. And I was like, I don't think they need to get hurt for him to be really good. Like, I, I like Goddard a lot, actually. I'm with you. Uh, the tool is not with us. Goddard got 38%. Darren Waller, 62%. So that one goes towards Debro. <laughs> Let's go to round number seven. You can start us off, Heath. David Montgomery versus James Cook. Now, I, I several of these, it sounded like I'm just arguing against the other guy. I'm actually, I think, head of consensus on both James Cook and David Montgomery. So I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with drafting either one of these guys where they're going. I'm going to give a slight lean to James Cook just because I do think he's going to be the lead back in his own backfield. And while Montgomery will be as well on the ground, he won't be through the air. And so just a slight lean to James Cook. I love the explosiveness. I have a hope 
that we're going to see Josh Allen continues last year's trend of throwing to running backs more than he ever has, and also maybe not running headfirst in the red zone quite as often. Hopefully a, an increase in touchdowns for James Cook, but Damian Harris hasn't been able to stay healthy. It doesn't sound like when Harris was healthy, he was really as much of a threat to James Cook as I thought he was going to be. So Cook's been one of my big training camp risers. I actually like him as a top 20 running back now. Yeah, Debra, I know you, we've talked a lot on this show about how much you love James Cook, but are you going to go against you, what you've previously said about him here? No, I'm going with James Cook. Um, now, I know that if you look at my ranks on Fantasy Pros, I have David I, Montgomery ranked ahead of James Cook. I was going Cook. to call you out on that. For <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And that's because if you look at touchdown, at touchdown expectations, the offensive system, things like that, the red zone role, I think that all of these things lean towards David Montgomery has some upside. But does he carry the ceiling that James Cook does? No, he does not. Because I think James Cook being the lead back in this offense, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think James Cook is the discount Jamar, Jameer Gibbs this year. You look at both of these guys, you're buying into top five, top 10 offenses, pass game usage, upside, explosive plays. And for me, even though my ranks, I have David Montgomery ahead of him because I think the median as well as maybe a little bit of the upside shades towards David Montgomery. I think if you're going to shoot your shot at that point in the draft and you're saying which one of these guys could be an RB one, a top 15 back. I think James cook is my pick here and I'm not going to sit here and move off of him. I, I love that Heath has him as a top 24 running back. That's just, that's music to my ears, man. <laughs> They're back to back in our, in our half PPR ECR rankings, Montgomery 20 RB 27 and James cook RB 28. Heath, you said he's like been moving up with all the preseason hype and everything. And I like, I'm fully on board with that. What is the ceiling here? Not in terms of like, how I think the season will play out, but in terms of where his ADP and his ranking ends up. If the hype continues throughout August, like when we're sitting here on labor day, where is James cook going to be ranked? Do you think for, for most people? Yeah, I think he can get inside the top 24 running backs in terms of ADP. So in terms of like where a player is ranked, I I can't remember a year in which like the difference between sites, not for certain players, but just positions. Like we've got some sites where there's like six running backs, it seems, taken in the first three rounds. And so on those sites, James Cook's probably never getting better than round seven, round eight. You look at CBS and you've got 17 running backs in the first three yeah. rounds. And so he might sneak into round five there. But I think... That that RB 20 to 24 range is probably where he gets to if everything keeps going well. And most likely a couple of guys have something go wrong and fall behind him. Live adjustment. I just moved up James Cook to RB yes. 23. Nice. So. <laughs> I, uh, I expect this to change as the preseason continues. But the current who should I draft tool has David Montgomery 64%, James Cook 36%. I wouldn't be totally shocked if Montgomery stays ahead, but I can't. I don't think it will stay that wide of a gap, a two-to-one ratio essentially mm -hmm. uh, as we get into September. Guys, anyone who knows me knows how much I love going to see sports in person. Just this week, I got to check off my uh, 15th. MLB Stadium, actually, when I got to see my first place Baltimore Orioles live in San Diego. So I am halfway to seeing all 30 MLB stadiums, and I plan to get all the way to 30 with the help of Game Time, the fastest growing ticketing app in the United States. For last minute amazing deals on tickets to see your favorite baseball team, band, or comedian, download Game Time. And again, it's not just sports. Summer means huge concerts and comedy shows all across the country, and Game Time has your tickets. Download the Game Time app and redeem code FANTASY. Pros for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, download the Game Time app and enter code Fantasy Pros for $20 off. No matter where you live, get out and have some fun this week. Download Game Time today and enter code Fantasy Pros. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Right now, I want to take some time to celebrate our everyday champions, our cars. Thanks to eBay Motors, we're keeping our rides running as smoothly as our fantasy teams. Our cars are more than just vehicles. They're partners in our daily hustle. They're there for the early morning commutes, the weekend getaways, and every crucial errand in between. Remember those times your car was the MVP, getting you to that important meeting or helping you make a last-minute pickup? Just like the right player in fantasy football, the right car makes all the difference in our daily game of life. The dependability a car provides is one of the cornerstones of our daily lives, which is why it's so important to maintain our vehicles the way we maintain our fantasy teams. Just like a well-managed fantasy team, maintaining your car requires strategy and force 
Foresight. It's all about knowing when to make those crucial upgrades or timely repairs. Ever experienced the triumph of a DIY fix on your car? That perfect moment when everything comes together and your vehicle runs as smoothly as planned? That's what eBay Motors brings to the table. Ensuring each part you choose is not just a temporary solution, but a perfect fit for your car's needs. Speaking of perfect fits, whether it's choosing the right fantasy player or finding the ideal part for your car, the right fit can make your day. There's a unique satisfaction when everything falls into place, be it a winning fantasy lineup or a car part that enhances your ride. That's why eBay Motors is dedicated to making sure you get that perfect fit every time. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or... Check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. If you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Guys, we're on to round eight here. We have Brian Robinson versus Rashad Penny. Debro, start us off. I'm going to go Rashad Penny, and this might change. I'm going to give that the caveat because of how we're seeing their playing time and what this depth chart's going to look like over the preseason for the Philadelphia Eagles. But I'm still going to sit here and make the bet that Penny is going to be their early down guy. I know all the puff about Kenny Gainwell and DeAndre Swift, and my whole thing is that, look, those guys are going to work more in the passing game, and that's great, but Jalen Hurts is not checking the ball down. So I want the early down grinder. We saw what that did last year with Miles Sanders. And Penny, when he has been healthy, and I know that's a big if, and I know it's had a lot of bumps and bruises along the way, but Penny, when he has been healthy, you can look at just per touch efficiency metrics and tackle breaking stuff. He has been arguably the best running back in the NFL from that standpoint, better than Nick Chubb, better than all these guys we talk about as pure rushing talents behind the Eagles top five offensive line. If he can stay healthy, he consider and run for a thousand yards, seven plus touchdowns. That would not surprise me. I mean, yeah, that is a legendarily big if, for, to be fair, which I it I is. I, admitted. I, look, I, I caveated, okay, worm. I, I do yes, think it would I be fun it. if we could if we could have a league um, one day that was just based off of like efficiency, and it didn't like you get the will we'll call it the Will Fuller Memorial League, yeah, or uh, maybe by then <laughs> it'll be the, the Rashad Penny Memorial yeah. League. Yeah. Um, honestly, I. I drafted Ryan Robinson today in a mock, and I think it's the first time this offseason I've drafted either one of these guys. Um, so not not guys that I'm really targeting. But I do think, like, you did a good job of talking about the Eagles and what they've shown us early in the preseason, and it has kind of been surprising to me. I don't know what to make of it with Penny, and I don't know if he can play mm-hmm. more than four or five games, even if he is given that opportunity. But the, the Washington usage has been interesting as well. They, they so far have given Brian Robinson – 
and talked about him more in the passing game than I expected. And I, there's some question mm-hmm. marks about how much of what Eric Bieniemy is going to bring from Kansas City to Washington. But the one thing we've consistently heard is an emphasis on the screen game. And I think some of that's going to go to Antonio Gibson. I like him more than I like either one of these guys. But I think some more of that than I was projecting originally is also going to go to Brian Robinson. And he has a bigger role guaranteed than Penny does. He's certainly not as good. If I had one carry and both guys were 100% healthy and I needed 10 yards, I'm taking Penny every single time. But if I'm trying to draft someone to help my team over an entire season, it's definitely Brian Robinson. And I, I, th- I think that's a good some point of the to bring up. Like themselves, man. Yeah, <laughs> if you need five yards, Brian Robinson gives you four. If you need five yards, Penny maybe is sitting on the bench. <laughs> well, yeah. That, well, who who is the fullback where it was like if you need uh, one yard, I'll get you three, and if you need five yards, I'll get you three. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember who it was that said that. It was Ezekiel. Like, I think it was Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> yeah, probably probably Zeke. <laughs> um, Heath, I want to ask. I've asked a lot of analysts that we've had on, on the show this offseason the same question, and I want to get your take on it too. Since we're talking about Penny, when you look at a running back in an offense with a rushing quarterback. Do you see that more as a benefit because the Russian quarterback is going to take attention and open up running lanes? Or do you see that more as a detriment because those guys tend to not check down as much? You lose some of the work in the passing game and they also vulture some of those goal line touchdowns. Yeah, I, I think that like those that entire um, stereotype is maybe a little bit more broken down. Like some quarterbacks do take those goal line carries like Dak did the first three years in his career. Lamar Jackson really never has. Some rushing quarterbacks don't throw to their running backs like Jalen Hurts 12% last year. I don't know how the passing game role is supposed to be good for DeAndre Swift in that offense. But some of them, like Josh Allen or Daniel Jones, run the ball for six or 700 yards and still throw to their running backs Mm -hmm. like Allen did last year and Jones has in the past. So if it's just a mobile quarterback and it's not somebody that steals rushing touchdowns or doesn't throw to the running back, then I think it's a plus. But if it's somebody like Justin Fields or Jalen Hurts, then I think it's absolutely a negative. All right, we'll move forward here. Oh, uh, by the way, the percentage is there. Brian Robinson, 71%. Rashad Penny, just 29%. That was a a surprise one to me that it was that lopsided. Uh, We'll go to round nine here, starting with Heath. Brandon Cooks versus Gabe Davis. This one's hilarious to me because I was the biggest Gabe Davis bust guy last year. I I couldn't stand it. I didn't understand it. And I've always been the draft Brandon Cooks in round seven, a free money guy. And I've flopped this year. Well, it's the industry's flopped on Gabe Davis. Um, But I'm, I'm going Gabe Davis. I think like what he did last year was almost exactly what I expected him to do. And I think I got a little bit lucky because he got hurt early in the year. He was playing hobbled. And then about the time he got healthy, Josh Allen got hurt. I actually expect Gabe Davis to be better than he was last year. And he's being drafted behind where his finish was from last year. I, I love Brandon cooks and I've loved the value he's provided to us over the years. I do have a rule and it's, it's not always right. Sometimes he gets proven wrong, but for the most part, when a wide receiver at 28, 29 or 30 has a season like Brandon cooks had last year, I believe him. Um, it happened with AJ Brown, AJ Green. It happened with Allen Robinson. Like if if they show me that they've may have maybe lost something, I don't necessarily buy into that. Yeah, well, he just he wasn't trying that hard because the team was so terrible or the quarterback was so terrible. Occasionally, that turns out to be the case. But my motto is generally believe him. Yeah, Debra, this is another one where we have these guys back to back in the overall expert consensus rankings. One of them's wide receiver thirty nine, the other's wide receiver forty. I won't tell you which one because I don't want to sway you. But who are you taking here, Debra? I'm going with Brandon Cooks, and actually in drafts, I, I'm in on both of these guys. Like I like both of them where they're going. Brandon Cooks and Gabe Davis, I'll take shots on both of them, whether I'm playing the FFPC uh, Fantasy Pros Championship or I'm playing best balls. Either spot, I like both of these guys, but if I got to pick one, it's going to be Brandon Cooks. And I think we lose kind of the context of what happened to Brandon Cooks last year. Beginning of the season, Pep Hamilton had him in this low A dot, role he was not doing well and he look out over the back half of the season pep hamilton finally woke up and said well you know what this sucks apparently we need to change this and then brandon cooks bounced back you saw all of his numbers go up a dot went up yards per route run went up and to heat's point i think we're looking at a player in brandon cooks that hasn't shown the fall off yet i think he was miscast in a poor role last year because if you look at Deeper metrics, he was 27th in route win rate and 20th in win rate against man coverage last year. So I think he still has the juice. I think he can still play. And just 
the other side of this coin, Gabe Davis has not shown us to this point at any iteration that he can be a high-end target earner. And we've seen that from Brandon Cooks over multiple, multiple seasons. So I it's rare for me to take the uh the old crusty vet, but I'm gonna go with Brandon <laughs> Cooks. I, I do like both of these guys if you can get them in round nine. Gabe Davis is the one I would prefer, and he is the one that the tool prefers. 59% for Davis, 41% for Brandon Cooks, but that's fairly close. Uh, this next one, we're going to a couple quarterbacks. It's Daniel Jones versus Anthony Richardson. And I will mention, Jones is actually technically going in round nine mm-hmm. in our ADP. But uh, we thought it was an interesting comparison to get a couple quarterbacks head-to-head here. Not that they're the most similar, but you know, both, both mobile guys. So it's an interesting debate here. So for our round 10, we'll kind of say it's round 10. Daniel Jones versus Anthony Richardson. Debro, starting with you. This one hurts my heart, Worm, because I've got these guys right next to each I other. I knew it would hurt your heart. <laughs> and QB 10, man. It's... This one hurts. This is exactly why you can wait on late round quarterback this year because Daniel Jones, Anthony Richardson, and Geno Smith are all crazy values. Daniel Jones, I have at QB nine and Anthony Richardson, QB 10. I'm going to go with Danny Dimes. Again, I've been pounding this drum and I, I look, I talked about Darren Waller earlier. Danny Dimes, we saw last year. Yes, the rushing equity is not going anywhere. Top 10 QB last year in fantasy points per game. Seventh in fantasy points per drop back. They're going to pass more this year. His passing touchdowns are going to go up. I think this offense is going to surprise a lot of people in both pace and passing volume. So while I love both, damn you, Worm, I'm going to take dimes. <laughs> it's actually bl- blame, blame John, our producer. <laughs> uh, uh, I've already sent John Slack messages. I just have to give you hate on the show. I do. I do question whether the Giants throwing more would be a good thing for Daniel Jones fantasy value or if it'd be better if they just let him run more. Um, but I agree that they're both good values. I, I drafted Jones in a mock today. I'm going with Richardson just because I believe in Shane Steichen and the fact that what he did with Justin Herbert and Herbert's rookie year, and then he goes to Philadelphia and does something completely d- different for two years with Jalen Hurts, and then they draft the greatest athlete to ever test at the NFL combine, like 10 rush attempts per game was Jalen hurts average over the last two seasons. Considering they drafted someone who is a better athlete than Jalen hurts and a worse passer than Jalen hurts. I'm expecting 10 rush attempts for Anthony Richardson. This is outlandish. And as a projections guy, I'm usually the guy that doesn't project wild things. I project a Richardson to leave all lead all quarterbacks in rushing yards this season. I think you have a chance to lead all quarterbacks in rushing touchdowns this season. So I'm going with Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Where where do you have a rich ranked at right now? I've I've got got him nine right now. And the only reason I don't have eight, I'm a bigger two guy, but I I love it. I haven't had a trouble this last week and I was making bets, just shaking hands and making bets all I could with people saying, can Anthony Richardson be a top 12 quarterback? I'm like, if he starts all the games, he's locked in as a top 12 guy. Like, I don't care. Like well, he that's is the thing. going it's to finish as a QB one. You'll love it even more because CBS is one of the only sites where the standard scoring setting is six points per a pass touchdown. Mm, if nice. we were talking four points per a pass touchdown, I've had him QB six or higher. QB seven. Yeah. 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 And, and that's where I've been the entire off season. It's like people all poo pooed what Jalen hurts did in his first year as a starter. He was still the QB six in fantasy points per right. game. So that's, say what you want, but right. the numbers all add up. There, there was some risk with Richardson before he got to camp. I think there was some risk that, that Shane Steichen looked at him and said, okay, we're going to have to wait a year on this. It's too bad. But the fact that he saw him for two or three weeks at camp and in one preseason game, said, okay, we've got our starter. Considering they have the probably the best backup quarterback in the league. I mean, everybody loves Gardner, don't you? Um, yeah, I, I think it's sky's the limit. Yeah, I, I don't know that we've ever had a better example of like the Konami code quarterback than Anthony Richard this season, Richardson this th- season. I would say, go as far as to say, if you guarantee me he's starting every game this year, I like I I would be shocked if he falls below QB eight, honestly. And I know the top of the QB position is amazing, but like him not playing is really the only risk. And like you said, Heath, that is even you know mitigated fairly quickly here in the preseason. Daniel Jones does get a lot more of the vote though, seventy seven percent on the Who Should I Draft tool versus Anthony Richardson twenty three percent. And that's the thing. That's another one of those guys that like most of the sites I look at, Richardson's not QB 10 or 11. He's QB 16 no. or QB 17. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think the people, the public Crazy. doesn't like him as much as we do at all. Well, no, and, and I don't understand Like, what, what does he have to do to get in people's good graces? It's like, haven't we seen this enough with Daniel Jones last year and Jalen hurts the year before that? Like 
you cannot be playing quarterback at an exceptionally high level as far as NFL standards, and you could still be absolute money for fantasy. He, he's somebody that you can also take advantage of in your, you know, friends and family, more casual home leagues, I yeah. think, because they're going to look at the projections, you know, in the draft board, you know, in the draft room. It's going to be, oh, he's not going to throw for that many yards. I've never heard of this guy before. He's on the Colts. They stink. People who don't actually like pay that close attention will probably not be on high as high on him as people in the industry are. And you can take advantage of that to, for the listeners. Uh, we'll go to round 11 here. A couple of young wide receivers, Quentin Johnston versus Sky Moore. Heath, starting with you. Yeah, I'm going to lose this one on all fronts, but I'm still going with Sky Moore. I I, uh, I have a little bit of a concern about Quinton Johnston, just because like of the of the archetypes of wide receivers that have gone in round one or round two and really disappointed us over the last few years. It's the Quinton Johnston type. It's the big dudes who look like wide receiver ones who maybe have a little bit of trouble separating and all their catches seem to be contested. I think he could be a similar start to his career as what Mike Williams was. Maybe he has a 10 touchdown season one, one year, but the fact that he's playing with Mike Williams with Keenan Allen and Sky Moore is right now looking at MVS and Richie James as target competition. I'm going to lean towards Sky Moore. I think both these guys in the double digit rounds are fine. I have a hard time getting excited about Johnston for this year. And long-term, I have a little bit of concern about the profile itself. Yeah, I, I actually fully agree with you Heath, for all the same reasons you said. Uh, so, Debra, are you going to make it unanimous or are you going against us? This this <laughs> is another pain point. I, I hate this question. I really do. I love both of these guys. I'm going to lean with Quentin Johnson here, and it's not by much. Like, I have both of these guys in a similar range of wide receivers um, in that low-end wide receiver three territory. I just look at Quentin Johnson and – I think that the concerns with injury for Mike Williams are real. We've seen it over enough seasons to understand that. And in this offense, I have no qualms about like the fact that I think Justin Herbert is going to lead the NFL in passing attempts this year in a Kellen Moore offense. And if that happens, Quentin Johnston has 100 to 120 target upside in this offense. If one of those guys goes down, Keenan Allen or Mike Williams, that could even go higher. And as much as I love Sky Moore, it just, it hurts, man. Like, I don't know how much of a red zone threat he's going to be versus somebody with the size of Quentin Johnston, as well as the pace of that offense. So really, I feel like we're splitting hairs. My answer is really both, but if I got to pick one for absolute ceiling, I'm going to go QJ here. Yeah. You, you do have to pick one D bro. It's, it's not supposed to be easy. All right. These are <laughs> debates that are tricky. We're trying to help out the listeners here. If it was easy, they wouldn't my need our help. Uh, this is actually another Fairly lopsided one in the tool. Quentin Johnston, 73%. Sky wow. Moore, just 27%. I do not agree with that. Hey, I don't like agree. I said. That should be more Although, of a flip. I, I might be a little too low on Johnston because I am super, super optimistic about Herbert this year too, Debro. And uh, yet I keep ranking all of his his the guys he's throwing to not that highly. So I'm probably, there. you know, there's something missing there. But uh, let's go to round 12. Debro, Rashad Bateman, my guy, uh, versus Adam Thielen. Debro, who you got? This is a slam dunk. Like this should be a hundred percent the tool. I don't want anything to do with Adam Thielen. No. Like however you want to parse this out, his efficiency metrics, age, the passing volume of said offense, all of it shades to I don't want anything to do with Adam Thielen. Rashad Bateman is the guy here. Baltimore is going to throw more. The talent is there for Rashad Bateman. All we need is the health. And I know I said it on the penny case, but the same thing stands up true for Rashad Bateman. He has been snake bitten every year, whether it's been his health, the health of Lamar Jackson, all of these different parts or pieces in between when he's been healthy and he's had competent quarterback play. We have seen the talent and the reason why Shoddy B went in the first round of the NFL draft. Shoddy B, Shoddy B season, baby. I'm not getting off that train. Let's let's not I, compare him to Rashad Penny levels of injury prone. Just, but yes, it's been a tough two years. Yeah, All I mean, right. it has to start somewhere. You, you yeah. can't you can't have injury concerns six years in a row if you don't have them two years in a row. Yeah. So <laughs> on, on the path, and it is Rashad. But no, I this was one I think where I probably had Thielen in the rankings back when this was originally put together, and I'm not gonna argue for Adam Thielen. So I'm just gonna move Rashad <laughs> Bateman ahead of Adam Thielen. I do think that they are both 
in situations where they could be the number one wide receiver on a run heavy team. They are both in situations where they could be the number three wide receiver on a run heavy team. They both have injury concerns, but I don't want to be the guy advocating for the old crusty wide receiver, even though I do think that like it wouldn't actually surprise me that much if Adam Thielen sees 110 targets this year and has 850 yards receiving, but scores nine touchdowns because he scores half of their receiving touchdowns. Um, he's still an excellent red zone threat, but there's more upside with Bateman, although it's it's getting more and more difficult for me to believe watching these Zay Flowers clips of him just yeah. absolutely ooh, dusting ooh, people ooh, that Rashad ooh, Bateman's going to be the number one there. I think I think Flowers may be locking that one up. Yeah, well, and, and Mark Andrews, of course, being one of the top targets too, right. you know, just eats into that. Uh, it is not 100%. Uh, Rashad Bateman does have 87% of this vote, <laughs> 13%, although that's going to go down once Heath changes up his I, I, I blame Thor, I blame <laughs> Kelly, I blame all the different people that are that are Vikings fans. I, I don't, I don't know. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. It's too much Vikings love. All right, we, we've got two uh, more rounds to go here. We'll go through them quickly just to wrap up. Uh, round number 13, Tank Bigsby versus Roshan John. And a couple of rookie running backs who are not clear number ones in their backfields. Who do you guys like more? Starting with you, Heath. This one, I, I've actually got Tank just ahead of Roshan. And I, I think they both probably get off to slow starts this season. I think they both have an opportunity to carve out a little bit bigger roles. Um, but I do think that like the one thing that you said earlier about the tank Bigsby red zone role. I think that's right. Like the one, I don't think he's going to take passing downs from Travis Etienne, but I expect him to be the goal line guy. I think he probably scores enough touchdowns to outscore Roshan Johnson this year. And, and that, that Chicago situation is one where like Khalil Herbert's really good at the things that he's good at. And Deontay Foreman's been really good at the things that he's good at. And so I just get really concerned that it's a three headed backfield. And then Justin Fields is actually the only head that actually matters. Devro, I know you've been a Roshan guy all off season. I'm going to highlight what Heath brought up here real fast. I've got both of these guys in my rankings right now. I've got Roshan at RB 33. I've got Tank at RB 36. Like I've got both of them in a similar range, and I'm leaning towards Roshan because if one of these guys, as long as Travis Etienne stays healthy, the chances of Tank taking over the backfield are slim to none. Like totally, like 60 to 65 percent chance, or 65 percent of the opportunities. I think that's that's a zero sum. So with Roshan, I still have the light on that he can sit here and take over this backfield. And I'm not saying that Cleo Herbert's been bad or that Deontay Foreman has been bad. They have three really talented guys, but Roshan is easily the best pass catcher out of these three guys, best pass protector. I don't think anybody's going to sit here and push back hard against either one of those points. And if we look at and we talked this about this on previous shows, Worm, with Brett Coleman. All of the offseason moves, I'm with I'm in concert with Brett here holding hands that this run game is going to change from more of an outside zone scheme to inside zone gap runs. And I think that that benefits Deontay Foreman and Roshan. And while I'm not looking for a bunch of checkdowns for Roshan, I think that he still has the talent profile and the skill set to take over this backfield. So I'm going to lean upside for two guys that I have in the same tier. I'm going Roshan. You know, I, I said earlier that Akers Madison was the closest one. This is actually tied for that tank. Bigsby, 52%. Roshan Johnson, 48%. So essentially a coin flip in the Who Should I Draft tool. The last one, I do not expect to be a coin flip. I expect this to be lopsided. Jalen Hyatt versus Michael Gallup. Debro, start us off. Can I just say neither? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want either, really. Um... If I got to pick one guy, I'm going to go Michael Gallup because I don't have any questions about him being a starter in two to three wide receiver sets. Jalen Hyatt, I think that after Darren Waller in this passing game, you're going to have Isaiah Hodgins on the outside. Darius Slayton is going to flank him on the other side. I think it's going to be a gaggle of guys working behind Waller, Hodgins, and Slayton. And I don't even know if we're going to see Jalen Hyatt even get weeks this season where he's even the full-time starter in this offense. So for just snaps, buying into another good offense, um, touchdown and rapport um, with Gallup and Dak Prescott, I'll go Gallup here. Although my my underlining answer is neither. Yeah, I I, I don't have either of these guys in my top fourteen rounds, but I will go <laughs> Jalen Hyatt. Um, just and it's not. I think you're right about the median outcome. The median outcome yeah. is definitely Michael Gallup over Jalen Hyatt. I, I have an easier 
way, seeing Hyatt, if he's special, overtaking the people in front of him at wide receiver, then I do Gallup earning targets when Cooks and CeeDee Lamb are both healthy. So it's strictly an upside play. Maybe he gets a four-week stretch like Richie James did last year where he averages 16 fantasy points per game. Um, but mm-hmm. I, but again, I think these are not guys that I'm generally drafting unless the draft goes more than 14 rounds. Yep, agreed. All right, I'll give a quick recap here. We got through all 14. Nicely done, everybody. In round one, you guys both took Jamar Chase over Justin Jefferson. In round two, Debro took A.J. Brown. Heath took Devontae Adams. In round three, neither of you really liked the options, but Debro took Najee Harris. Heath took Travis Etienne. In round four, Debo Samuel went to Heath. Amari Cooper to Debro. In round five, Debro took Cam Akers. And Heath took Alexander Madison. In round six, Heath took Dallas Goddard. Debro took Darren Waller. In round seven, you both took James Cook over David Montgomery, I think. Uh, in round eight, Debro took Rashad Penny. Heath kind of said neither. Kind of Brian Robinson, not really in on either of them. Uh, round nine, Brandon Cooks to Debro. Gabe Davis to Heath. Round 10, Debro took Daniel Jones because he's on record as hating Anthony Richardson. Heath took Anthony Richardson. Oh! Ra- Round 11, Debro took Quentin Johnson because he's on record as hating Sky Moore. Heath took Sky Moore. Round 12, just, you both took I, Rashad Bateman over Adam Thielen. <laughs> Debro's walking <laughs> off the set. Round 13, Heath took Tank Bigsby. Debro took Roshan Johnson. And round 14, you kind of both took neither. But Michael Gallup does get 89% of the Who Should I Draft tool vote on that one. Jalen Hyatt, just 11%. That will wrap things up. A lot of names we got through. I think that was a really fun, informative episode for everybody. For Heath and Debro, I am Ryan Warmly. Please go check out Game Time, the opportunities I mentioned there. Also check out our Draft Wizard tool and the Who Should I Draft tool and follow Heath and go you know, do all your stuff on CBS. It's the, go follow everybody. It's a super fun time of year. Let's all just talk some fantasy football, have some fun. Again, for Heath and Debro, I'm Ryan. We'll see you guys again next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.